0: It's Deep Focus. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. This is part two of the program from Monday, March 19th, 2018. William Hooker, my guest, our topic, the fantastic Sonny Murray. If you missed part one, it's waiting for you. Go back and listen to that first because uh, there's a whole lot of setting of the table that's there for you. But otherwise, well... Here you go. Steep Focus, part two of
1: three. (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: Well, let me t- catch them up. If you just tuned in, that's some music you never heard before in your life unless you were at the Studio Rivby on Bond Street, June 29th, 1975. And that is Sonny Murray's Untouchable Factor from the WKCR archives. I'm Mitch Goldman. The show's called Deep Focus. And our guest tonight is William Hooker, drummer William Hooker, who's performing Thursday, April 5th at Roulette in Brooklyn, and you were just uh, being touched by the music of Sonny Murray. and um, we were we were flowing with it here in the studio, no doubt about it. William, what 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 what's happening?
2: What's happening? Give me is, a little play I'm, by play here. Okay, so philosophically speaking, and I don't want to take it there for too long. I see things in Sonny Murray's playing in terms of being able to build on something after you've you've destroyed something. Mm -hmm. Sometimes to get to the real music, you have to, to, and I won't say the real music, it's all real music, but sometimes if you're in a situation and you really want to um, search for something different, you really almost have to destroy something in terms of another person's sensibility, another person's flow, another person's um, way of approaching music. Because many of us have played with many, many, many different people. and, And... A lot of times it's interesting because the last person you played with, then you come into the studio or come into a place and you bring that person's vibe along with you. You almost have to detach your, you have to to detach that person from whoever that situation is. Mm -hmm. So that you can hopefully get to some stuff that is a little bit different for the two, three, four, five, in this case it was like six Mm. people together without having to be dependent on licks or having to be dependent on those experiences that linger in the back of your mind whether you like it or not. That's kind of the way the brain is in a, in a sense.
1: Hmm.
2: So you're asking yourself, how do you do that? You can do that by banging your head continuously up against a wall. And after a while... You're so exhausted that what comes out is relaxed and what comes out is more more musical in terms of me trusting in following your real self. As opposed to the colors and the glamour that one often finds as one goes from place to place to place to place to place, picking up all of these various vibes. And, and basically, really to tell you the truth, picking up other people's thoughts. Mm. That happens. Whether we want it to or not, that's the case. And, and, and so um, I could see, I don't know if he, if he approached it this way, I know that in many cases it has had to be approached in this way. A way of actually burning through something so that something could come out of it. In other words, taking that piece of coal and condensing it and condensing it and putting pressure on it and putting pressure on it and putting pressure on it and And then eventually you open your hand and you have like a diamond. It's like that. It doesn't just it doesn't just reveal itself right then and there to you because there's so much going on in this life. there's so much going on in, in, our, um, in our spirit that, that um, it's hard to get at. Even with people that you trust, it's hard to get at. because sometimes we really are, are we really are um, victims. We're victims of the everyday. We're victims of 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 past experiences that linger. We're victims of our emotional bodies. Because because if you really if you really study the emotional body and what you put into an instrument, one minute you could be happy, next minute you could be sad, and neither one of them is true. Mm. It's just like a, a mental phase. So I'm talking about that. That I won't even say the essence because that's that's a little bit, that's a little bit getting a little bit um, corny in a way. But um, you, you're trying to get at something. You're trying to get at something that's more more spontaneous, more more uh, more giving, and more 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 um, more creative. And and so I could see I could see definitely that being a method through which a person would uh, investigate trying to get at those people that you're playing with and getting them to function as a unit as a as a as a as a unit. And so um, I can hear that in his playing. I can hear that in his playing. And it's and it's not that you do that out of animosity. You do that out of like I'm going to teach you a lesson. Let's learn something different. It's not any of that. It's not even it's not even a matter of uh, it's not even a matter of like you know who was the eldest in the group and you have to listen to that person. It's just about everybody really trying to come to the music with a with a with an open palate, and then you all start to create together. That's kind of the basis of it, or it should be the basis of it. Separate from everybody looking for the pay cut and trying to figure out when's the next gig gonna be before you even played this one, it gets crazy after a while. It gets like, it's um, it's based on practicality, and music and sound is not necessarily based on practicality, and mm-hmm. the rules of practicality, you know, the angles. It's not kind of like that. It, for some people it's like that and they get over like that that's good for them for me I, I don't I don't feel comfortable with that I really don't I don't know if Sonny Murray felt comfortable with it I don't know if many people in that generation felt comfortable with it because when I hear some of the talk that I hear various people and the way they explain things out of their own necessity to be quote unquote hip which I know for some people it's kind of like kind of corny. But I never was really drawn toward that hipness. I kind of never was really drawn to that.
0: Well, in light of that, it's interesting. Well, maybe you know, that's
2: my personality.
0: Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm you know with you mean? on that. Um, I'm thinking about Sonny Murray. He, if he had just done what he did as a sideman, Throughout his career, he would, I think, he would have to be acknowledged as a great innovator. But uh, interestingly, you know, here we're listening to him leading a band, which is something that he did frequently through the years. Great. And so, you know, he's not just bringing the concept of here's this rhythmic structure and this response that I'm giving to somebody, a, a great composer, inventor's ideas, but I've got my own thing that I'm doing and bringing this ensemble together. Um, You know, maybe does that uh, kind of shift your perspective on him a little bit? The fact that he's also leading a band as you do.
2: Hmm. You know, that's a hard question to answer because it's a hard question to answer because, because I never really met him. Because, you know, and in my not meeting him and not talking to him, it's it, it, you know, you could, you could get a lot out of, out of how to lead something. But you get a deeper insight, you get a deeper focus when you actually know the person, a more well-rounded picture of the person. You know, it's like you know that you you don't necessarily only think about it in musical terms. You think about it in terms of uh, in terms of some of some of the songs that he even wrote, uh, which are like justice, virtue. Um, What are some other songs he wrote? Justice, virtue,
3: unity, unity. An even break. An even break. Elephant's dream.
2: All right. Elephant's dream. I, I, I and then you ask yourself, what do those what do those songs really mean? Because obviously they, they encompass something. You know, when a person says justice, you really you you're really searching for a higher value and in terms of being a leader or something, or not even a leader, being a person that has an opportunity and you want to share that opportunity with other people and then you're going to name it justice that's you know that's different than like you know i don't know it's 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 it's, it's that's a pretty high ideal he
3: I,
0: uh my limited experience with him he would talk in a very open way about big concepts like okay. that <laughs> yeah he okay. would
2: he would okay okay
0: and where he saw the way he fit into things. In a way that most people don't talk about those things.
2: Right. And I feel I feel that that's I feel like that's a very good that's a very good thing. That's a good thing. Separate from the fact that separate from the fact and I must mention it um that uh I just found out that he had um Uh, a mental uh, a mental malady Mm. now knowing some people also that have mental malady of that nature I can understand a lot of reasons why people do certain things and I can understand a reason why he probably did certain things that were interpreted uh, that, that make up his legacy like as a person you know And and those kinds of things, um, those kinds of things, I don't take. I I just was never privy to, but that's what people talk about. They talk about those things that happened based on a person's being in a setting and doing some things that are kind of odd. But that's really not about what the person really was into. That's just a whole different. That's a whole different personality in a way. And so I try to dismiss that. So I try to think about the music. I try to think about the music. I try to think about, you know, what does it mean to to play something hilariously? What does it mean? And then when I listen to the song, I say, "Hmm," because I remember the first time I heard that song. I said, "That's kind of hilarious, actually. It does sound kind of hilarious." Is that the one? <laughs> I'm like, whoa! I said that's some funny stuff. I said I, I like that. I like one. that. Yeah, I like that. And I haven't heard this record in like 45 years. I'm telling you, I still remember it. Yeah. So, so, so I take those things in separate from the person's personality, separate from, separate from what I like about the person or don't like about the person, and and, and, and it clarifies things for me. You know, and it makes me really realize that there are struggles that people go through inside of their own selves that are separate from my experiences with them. And, and you know, and hopefully if I come off the wall, you'll say, you'll, you'll remember, you'll say, oh, well, here, something's wrong.
0: Hmm. Yeah, no, that, yeah, that you know, does happen wrong. with people. I mean, uh, you know, aside from musicianship and all these other things we're talking about, just in the walk of life. That's right. People lose their way all kinds of different ways, and
2: right, they and become schizophrenic. Up. I mean, yeah. who, who is that?
0: Or overwhelmed, or heartbroken, yeah. or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
2: and so so that's the reason why I, I I always I always judge I always judge Sonny Murray's music from the standpoint of a higher striving. That's one thing I got to say, separate from all these other things. I really look at him in in that sense because that's what I was getting from it. That's what I was getting from it. Maybe again, I was in, I was ready for it. Maybe I was ready for it after studying all these various people's playing and the fake book and you know dances and 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 you know, backing people up, dancers and working with quartets, trios, quintets, seeing all the people who played music, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and then maybe that, I, maybe I was just ready for it. That was the time that I was ready for. so. So I had a certain trust. I had a certain trust when I picked this record up. And I had a certain trust, not, not in the sense of, like, this was some sort of idol that was telling me buy that record, but it was a guy just like me that was in a record store. It was just like going down to Bruce Galanter's and all of a sudden you meet somebody and say, hey, man, this is a nice record. Check it out. You know, you don't all of a sudden say, oh, jeez, oh. You don't go into all of that. You just feel like this is, oh, this is a good thing. You know, it's a good thing. You know, so so I I look at it that way, and I also I I think that I think that this thing about the swing in terms of his his language, I think it's very essential because I can hear it. I can hear it. Um, I can feel it as well, and I think that um, this ray one that I keep telling you about, which is the destructive ray, which is a ray that says that let's get past all of this day to day okie doke and let's get into something a lot lot deeper um i think that that's a part of his music and part of what he was trying to say too especially when he gets into that to see the sun to see the sun i can really understand what he's saying i can really understand what he's saying he's 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 uh he's striving for something he's striving for something and as a drummer. If you're a good drummer, that's the way you play. You're striving for something. If you're a good drummer, if you're just a drummer that plays licks, go play licks, make money, do everything. Be in the mainstream. I'm not gonna put you down for it, but if you're really striving and you're questioning and you're around other people that are striving and questioning, not just the big questions, you know, you, you naturally come across these philosophical tenets, and you you try to use them. And I believe that you use them in your vocabulary of playing music. You try to use them in, in terms of your vocabulary.
0: Ah. Now, let me just let the folks know, uh, if you're just tuning in, we call this show Deep Focus. And William Hooker just demonstrated for you exactly why and where that name came from. Oh. You got the you got the laser man.
2: It's deep focus. <laughs> it's deep focus, this is it? This that is was deep focus. it.
0: That was a demonstration wow. of the principles that we strive for. That
2: you put this that you put this show together. Yeah.
0: Williams talking about a uh, great drummer Sonny Murray in the recording we've been listening to from Studio Rivby in uh, June of 1975 if William there are people listening to this program right now who you just Touch something at their core because they are striving. They are trying to approach that in their lives. You don't just have to have a pair of drumsticks in your hand to pursue that, right? Right. Uh, Don't go to Studio Rivby to try to create that experience for yourself. Go to Roulette on Atlantic Avenue in Brooklyn. And uh, if you go Thursday, April 5th, you will see none other than William Hooker and a new program you've put together. Um, we're, still, I'm gonna, still gonna, we're still gonna come back to it. I'm gonna ask you about it. Okay. I'm just giving a little tease to the folks. This is um, something I know you have been working on for a long time, and this is one of, you are, you're a big thinker, man. I, I, it's hard to not sound grandiose saying that, but those words apply to you. And I know this is a big program that you've been uh, developing for some time migration and uh, is this the very first presentation
2: of it this is the new york premiere
0: new york premiere thursday april 5th at roulette 509 atlantic avenue and um we're, we're going to come back to it we're going to come back to tell it tell people keep who are in it what's that tell oh, people I the, will. the, the well, great musicians one of the great musicians is right here in the studio with, with us and that is ross moshe thank you for being along
3: Thank you too. Thank you for your great radio work all these years. Uh,
0: Ah, make me feel old to the maestro. Well, I should let you introduce these folks because you—they're you are handpicked musicians.
2: All right. One thing I have to say: I am so appreciative and thankful for being in a company of musicians that have actually created community for me and for this piece. And are taking this piece with them, going home with this piece and actually feeling this piece. That's a very, very rare thing. And it's something, it's something that I'm watching develop. And it's something I can't tell these musicians enough how thankful I am that they're going down this personal journey with me. This is my most personal work I've ever done. And they're absorbing it and, and they are they are reflecting it in their own feelings of the migrations that their parents have gone through, their great grandparents have gone through, going from one place to another, the all these things. And and, and they're they're looking at it. And I have I have in the company itself. The company is a holdover from the, the James Baldwin suite. And in that company, I'm using Ross Mache on tenor and flute. I'm using Eric Robinson on synthesizer and computer and images. I'm using Mara Rosenblum on piano. I'm using Goussy Celestine on dance and narration because an important part about the the migration is a, is a narration and a person is telling a story. It's a story, actually. And then I'm using Jeremy Grosner. Jeremy Grosner is a visual artist and he is also another one of the narrators. I have three guests who are bringing a special... A special coding to the entire thing. The first one is David Soldier, who's going to be playing violin, electric violin, and banjo. I have William Parker who's going to be playing acoustic bass. And everybody is acquainted with Ava Mendoza, the new guitarist on the scene that is coming at it from coming at it from a completely different sensibility and uh, myself. We have images, we have dance, we have have music, and we also have, last but not least, two people who actually experienced the migration. Nanny Lampkin, who's 89 years old, it's going to be her birthday when this happens, and Mr. Alton Brooks, who now is 97 years old. Wow. And they're going to be explaining what it was like what it was like to be in the South, what it was like to move from the South to the North, why they, actually, why they actually chose to go into the industrial from the agricultural, what it was like to grow up in a totally segregated place, what it was like to be in a situation where, where you could make money based on the fact that America was going to war, and then when you came back, you're still in the same situation. And this is what the story is about. And um, again, I cannot thank enough these great musicians for going down this road with me. And I really want everybody, all kinds of people, to come to see the migration at Roulette. I, I, I believe you're gonna walk out, you're gonna walk out filled, totally filled and um, we'll go into more about what why this is important later on after we listen to a little bit of Sonny Murray again.
0: Another we- blast of Sonny Murray, for sure.
2: Yes, this blast. <laughs> that blast? It's time for this blast. The one that turned my life wow. around. The one that turned my life around as a drummer.
0: We're gonna leave these folks with just waiting for the
2: resolution of Studio Riv Well, you know something, people? I play drums. <laughs> that's what I do that's the reason why when we're honoring a drummer I want to hear the drummer don't you people I know you do <laughs> here's the very first record All first right. record I ever picked up and I put it on it was Sonny Murray and I'm telling you based on what Ross has told me and Ross is a scholar of this music this is probably one of the best recording records tell us about
3: it Ross in your, in your words, this what this record represents. As far as the sound? Yes. Yeah, a lot of the musicians who knew Sonny well, I've read in their interviews when they were asked about him that one of the complaints was that he wasn't recorded the way he should have been. But this particular recording stands out on ESP. Uh, I think Richard Alderson was the one that recorded the majority of these, and he did a really great job uh as far as the sonic fidelity of it uh really comes through i i I know you're waiting for this aren't you audience i can hear you i know i know i know there's
0: at least one listener because he called i have the uh which is better the cd oh okay yeah i have it's ready to go um Raphael, who you know says uh he was in the studio when this recording was made and he says it still doesn't really do justice to the sound of what came from Sonny Mari's drums, but it might well be the best document we have. And it's the one that uh, opened your head up. So, shall we? That's, the,
2: that, that's what uh, the audience has been waiting for for
0: I mean, we, yeah, We've been keeping them, <laughs> two hours, we've been keeping them on the hook. Man, we're just distressed. I like audience. This, <laughs> is, uh, this is on the ESP disk label. And uh, great thanks to Ross Moshe for bringing it through for us. But um, it was recorded in January of 1966. The album's simply called Sonny Murray. And we'll hear Jacques Corsillo on trumpet, alto saxophones from Jack Graham, and Bart Lancaster, who was on that session we just heard. Alan Silva is the bassist, and Sonny Murray on the drums. And this is, you said giblet, giblet or giblet? I always hear giblet. Giblet, I'm going well, with giblet. Well, see,
2: see, I don't know because I'm not it's from Jim, the South. Yeah. I know Giblet, but you know, I don't. Speaking know. Speaking of
0: migration, I believe Sonny Murray was born in the South, but he came up in Philadelphia, if I'm not mistaken. Um, more of that in a bit. So this is giblet from Sonny Murray's album Sonny Murray. WKCR. W- there we go. Mm-hmm. From Sonny Murray.
2: In <laughs> <laughs> the beauty, in the beauty of it, you see. Please. Now now expand. Right, right. The, the beauty of it is that as a drummer, you're free. He freed he freed me. He freed me. And many that heard this piece, he, he freed us. He freed us in the sense of, they knew the tune, he knew the tune, but he didn't have to play rhythm on the tune. He's actually playing the tune itself, any way that he feels like it. But the thing about it is interesting, it's interesting because he's playing the tune itself but coming from the African, the African way of looking at—I won't say African, African—you know, like Africa—but but the way of the way of the drum can tell the drum can can carry the melody. Just like the horn can carry the melody, it's not like one has to be subservient to the other in this hierarchy of instruments. It's all of us can play this melody, and we could all play it together. And I can I can expound on it. I can I can I can accent it. I can I can take it where I want to. As long as I know that these great individuals are right there with me, traveling down this road, that's the way I feel with this music, what I this migration. As long as I know that they're there, I can do whatever I want to do. It's it's such a freeing feeling.
0: William Hooker talking about. Sonny Murray, you're listening Thank to W... Thank you, man. You're listening to WKCR.
2: <laughs> Thank you, too. W- no, really. it's, it's,
0: it's uh, We're not free from the FCC, though, and we are required to say oh, 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 <laughs> that it's WKCR FM New York and WKCR HD1 and uh, WKCR.org. The show's called Deep Focus. William Hooker giving a spectacular demonstration of why it's called Deep Focus. And... Um, okay. Did I say I'm I'm Mitch Goldman? I, well, I am. I am. <laughs> Ross Moshe here in the studio as well, and uh, yes. we've got. Uh, we're 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 just we are just uh, just drinking it all in, eating every bit of the giblets, jousting with the angels and devils, hilariously. Those are all titles from this album.
2: That's actually. right. Mm-hmm. That's right.
0: Uh, and um, it's it's just it's a just such a beautiful expression freedom freedom among other things uh,
2: it's masterful and 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 another thing that this particular record and records like it no I won't say records like it because there aren't many like it this particular record made me realize every single drum has to be amplified mm. every single drum has to have... A microphone. This did you hear? I mean, this dude is like playing drums. He's playing a drum set. You know, it's not like it's not like he's got like this one little little uh, you know, oh well, you know, we have this mic and it picks up everything and it's just above your head and all this and this and this. No, I don't think so. I don't care how much you tell me that. I don't believe it. I never will believe it. And people like Sasha Van Artsen also didn't believe it. And you know what? I said, Sasha just will well do it it wasn't so crazy and then when you hear a record like this that everybody would say oh geez that's such a wild record what kind of thing is that you know something i can hear the drum set i can hear the guy i can actually hear him
0: sasha von Ertzen audio engineer yeah we all love
2: that's right and every single time i've ever gone in there she didn't feel intimidated about the fact that william wants people to hear his drums I mean, people feel intimidated. I don't know why. I'm just playing the song like you. I mean, you know, I'm I'm playing the song just like you. It might not sound like it to you, but that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to play it just like you, you know? And I want to, be to feel free of, to do it too, so. And, and i'm saying that you know when you when you see a record like this and you come across a record like this and you're 16 years old and, and 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 this record is played and you hear this drum set in this way it's it's almost like you say to yourself that's that's breathing that drum set is breathing and you that's know?
0: another thing people don't realize not to step on your toes but I that want uh, to. Go
2: on. Go on well
0: down. just to say that uh, what a drum set is—that it's a number of individual instruments, and each of them has its own tone, its own overtones, its resonance—and it's it's unusual to really get the breadth of that in a recording. Even still,
2: no. Wh- why? Why would you say that? Well, it's very. No, say that again. Maybe you didn't say the right words. Um, <laughs> it's
0: a very complicated. Set of of what, what the the huh. drums. When you hit a drum, yes. When William Hooker hits a drum, okay. It moves the air, okay. And when you hit a number of different drums, and there's this, the air is moving in the whole room wherever you are, okay. In response to that, yes. It's a you get overtones, you get overtones colliding with one another and That's and the enforcing it yeah. And uh, it's just it's a difficult thing to capture. It's not an easy thing for as, as sophisticated as our microphones and recording equipment is. It's just difficult to reproduce that experience in the room and some people are there are all kinds of different ways to do it and approaches okay. people take and some work might well for one situation and not for another depending we're not even talking about all the other instruments that are playing at the same time and whether they're amplified or not and all truth, this that's truth. going on so I'm just saying when you really when you, if you really have the opportunity to listen to a great drummer hit those drums and a drummer like you you Thank really you. get that thing moving you get it ringing You you there's a there's a there's a lot of music happening in that drum, and um, I think what we've gotten used to listening to music that's generally reinforced. Okay. You know, and you're playing with amplified instruments. Okay. Um, the sound of the drum actually becomes simplified. I think it's easier if you're making well a set of drums. That's well put. And you're reinforcing that through. A PA, uh-huh. along with bass guitar whatever other instruments, uh-huh. or if you're an engineer who's accustomed to thinking that way,
1: uh-huh.
0: you're going to want that drum. You're going to want a kick drum to make a very simple, direct thud thud sound. Uh-huh. You're going to want a tom tom to make a pretty narrow pop pop sound, uh-huh. and you're not really going to get this wooden instrument
3: resonating in the room.
0: Yeah, and the and the the, the resonances that come from that. So, you know, you're hearing a lot of that in this recording. It's a very good recording I think, despite the fact that Raphael said that he was in the room and it didn't really represent what was happening. But um, also, little note, Uh, uh, uh. we try to get things right. Raphael called back and corrected me. I did say I (laughs) thought I remembered Sonny Murray had migrated (laughs) from the South. He actually was from Idabel, Oklahoma which is not insignificant. That's where he Drew from, but he did grow up in Philadelphia. In any case, um, so yeah, that's what I'm saying. That there's there's a lot there. There's a lot there in the drums, and you know it because
2: all I'm asking is for somebody to put a microphone in front of it to capture it. That's all I'm asking.
0: Uh, it's not a simple thing, man. Why
2: not? If wow. I, if I if if you wanted a pen, if you wanted to write, and I had a pen, and I give you a pen, you know what the pen is for, right?
0: If you <laughs>
2: no, wait. Maybe that's whack. I don't know. Really <laughs> no,
0: I think that um,
2: you know what I'm saying, right? I
0: know exactly what you're like, saying. What
2: is a microphone for?
0: I know exactly what you're saying. I think um, a lot of audio engineers, if they have a a broad approach to what they're doing, they're not necessarily accustomed to thinking about the kind of music you're presenting. And well, why and don't they listen to it? They should. They absolutely should. But, I mean, it's it's a, it's a, it's a life. lifetime of evolution. To There's a huge amount of responsibility they have. They're interpreting your music before anybody gets to hear it. And they should do that, but, you know, people are going about That's their lives. That's diligence, doing their, right? Yes, but people are also, you know, <laughs> you're recording it or presenting a different band every night. People should do it. They often don't, as we know. They go and they do what they got to do to get through their day, and they think they've got it covered, they don't know all the things you know.
2: Okay. All right, then. Fine.
0: I'm not excusing it. I'm not justifying it. You <laughs> better not be. But right. I'm not at all, but I feel like I understand it.
2: Because I, I understand it, too. But there's no justice in it. That's the point. There and, isn't. And here, this man talk about justice. I mean justice like that. I don't mean justice like, you know, this other kind of thing. I mean justice like that. But anyway, what I'm saying is that This is an example for me of what turned my thinking about the drum set around. It's very important for me, very liberating for me. Uh, And it also made me realize, separate from this rigged celebrity system we have going on, which I know it's rigged, separate from all of that, I asked myself, who are these people? Who is this guy, Jacques Coursil? I never heard of this dude. I might have heard of like Miles Davis, or I might have heard of, but who is this dude? Who is yeah, that no, yeah, yeah, he was the one that he was the one he was the one that took the money. Because he was working in, was working <laughs> right. in the
3: records 8th Street bro.
2: He was working in the record store. But the point is, I'm asking myself, these dudes can play. Yeah. They can really play. And you know what? You know, I mean, who is this guy, Jack Graham? I never heard of this guy.
0: Nobody you know? ever did. So, so This he, is the only recording I think that he ever made. I don't know if oh, anybody... No, nobody, really? I don't think anybody really knows what his story
3: was. Does Do you Do you know? He was from it, Detroit. Ross Moshe. He had uh, come to New York with Joe Henderson, but passed at an early age, like early 70s. Hmm. I forgot the specifics about why, but he was from Detroit, him and... Joe Henderson were tight, so.
2: Well, you know the reason why I say that Ross is because, I say that because. oftentimes you walk into a record store, you pick up a record, and you look and you say, "Oh, who's on this record?" Because he got this producer down here. He's trying to he's trying to mix and match all these people, putting it together to make it like juicy, you know. Oh jeez, that person's on it, that person's on it, that person's on it. No, this is some straight up, there's no There's no title on the thing, Mitch. It's yeah. just a face. I'm a, right? Yeah. It's just a face. It's like, very
0: powerful. And yeah. clearly it comes through that they, these guys, I mean, they were, it's they art. must have been playing all the time. I mean, they're, it's always, I, I use this phrase that they're just breathing together. They're just in it together
2: and it's not mainstream
0: no they're they're just doing
2: their thing so i think that people separate from even like the 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 engineers and all these things we just have to we just have to become accustomed to listening to improvised music we just have to get used to like opening our palettes up for other kinds of things other kinds of experiences newness and then we come across these things, and we—I think that we accept—we accept the the length and breadth of all the different kind of musicians that there are, and we understand who can, who's really like you know, who's making this record happen, and and you know, and it's it's an interesting process. It's an interesting process. I think it's a good thing. It's a growing thing, um, and, and like as I said, for me, for Sonny Murray, Sonny Murray just freed me up. He just freed me up. He really did. I mean, d- you heard that. I know you heard it. Oh, yeah. You know how, you know, and, and separate from Deep Focus, I know I know that you like to get things that are really like, you can't find them, and I respect you for so much for that. Because half these things, you'd never be able to find them, ever, at all. But then I realized, after listening to many, many things, I realized this guy's drum set was captured. I wasn't in the room. Right, but it was captured for me that and, and I could really hear it, and that's kind of, that, that made all the difference in the world
0: well i I do I do take a delight in finding these rarities, but the real reason that I do it, you know who this radio show's about? It's not about Sonny Murray, it's about William Hooker. and the reason that I do that really? is to get you excited about it because <laughs> I want you, I want to listeners. To feel what you feel.
2: Okay. Okay. So,
0: and if you're going to feel it from listening to Melancholy Baby, we're going to listen to Melancholy Baby. Yeah. Uh-huh. And if you're going to hear it from Sonny Murray on ESP, that's what we're
2: doing. Yeah. I, 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 I just thought it would be appropriate. I thought this was going to be appropriate.
0: Now, as a drummer, yes. I don't want to get too technical again either,
2: but you- I won't take it on that road. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, whatever road. Good. Um, But you can talk about- um, the choices that he's making as a drummer and I said I was going to ask you about this about his vocabulary and if you want to talk about the instruments he's playing or about his uh things that he's doing behind the drums how he's responding to whatever way you want to talk about that what's different when you hear a Sonny Murray recording what is it that pops out and you say oh man that's a Sonny Murray I haven't heard the Sonny Murray recording what is that what is it that he does as a
2: drummer? He's blazing the way. He's blazing the way. Um, he's making. He, he he actually he actually told us. You don't have to play drums the way that you don't have to play drums the way it's going down this down this road. You could take a side street and and you can you can use you can use what's available to you to actually play this music and obviously he made a decision to say that this is the way I have chosen to play this music as opposed to maybe another drummer that may have chosen a different way to play this music like Milford Graves for example um And and they both bring to it a certain history that they've had, obviously. And you could tell just in those two, I'm I'm making making that comparison, but uh, because these are two drummers I really, really super respect in terms of the guts that it takes to liberate the drum set in this way. Takes guts, it really takes guts. It takes guts to, like, get up there and start playing, and people looking at you like, what is this? Like, shut up, you know? Like, you'll never work, and, like, you know... Let me step on your face and stuff. (laughs) They They get harsh. They get harsh. I mean, seriously, they get harsh. They get to the point where, like, you know, we hope you go back to Oklahoma, you know? I mean, it gets like that. It doesn't get, like, you know, like... Oh, geez, this guy is different. Let's let's help him along.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it doesn't work like that. It does for some reason. I don't know. For some reason. That's why you have to have a certain inner strength. That with all these people telling you all these things, that half of them are whack, because because they're really based on ignorance, actually, and and based on fear, mm-hmm. based on fear, like you know. If I get this guy, William Hooker, to play in my in my group, you know something, I'm never going to work.
0: Um, people know what they if, know. Because if
2: he goes off,
0: <laughs> people know what people they know. People stop
2: buying drinks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the whole world grinds to a halt.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. They, it, it'll work like that. It'll yeah. work like and and I, I I just I just know for a fact that these two individuals that I just mentioned, Sonny Murray, Miracle Graves, they they approach it two different ways. But they approach it from the standpoint of, like, like uh, I'm going to blaze this trail based on where I'm coming from. And this is the way I hear the music. And then people like me come along, and I say, you know something? Certain things I'm going to fill in. I'm going to fill that up. I'm going to fill up that space. I'm going to fill up that space. I'm still going to keep that. I'm still going to keep that flow going, but I'm going to fill that space even more. And, and, and as I fill that space even more, people may think it's powerful. They may think it's anger. They may think it's loud. I don't care. All I care about is the music and the band. And if I'm And if I'm pushing one of those individuals to the point of making them want to say something different and step out and really get to another level, that's why I'm there. That's why I'm there. I'm not there to, like, you know, go along with the program. You know, we are the program. And people just have to face the fact that this program is coming from drums. You know.
0: William Hooker, my guest in the studio, leading, well, presenting his original piece, New York premiere, Migration, Thursday, April 5th at Roulette, 509 Atlantic Avenue. Very, very easy to get to. Right down there by uh, the Barclays Center. Right. And um, that's that's got to be one of the transportation hubs of the northeast right there
2: i think it is yeah i think it is
0: um and uh you can make a night of it all kinds of great restaurants around there now if you haven't been in that part of the city in a while you will be have you know, the top of your head come clean off when yeah. you see what's going on around there
2: that's right as well as when you see what's going to be happening in when you hear in, what's in in, in in roulette
0: what's happening in roulette you'll be, uh, that's really really going to be a treat that is really, I'm I'm looking forward to it.
2: Like what happened what happened, and I'm going to get a little somber here, I'm going to get a little somber because uh, six million African Americans moved from the South within the course of let's say 1920 to 1965 70 and there were three phases of this migration. Six million people—a lot of people. Yeah. Um, this changed the course of history, and it changed the course of history because it was the largest migration that's ever happened, based on something other than starvation and fear of execution. And I had many—I had many ideas about why it has happened. Obviously. One reason why this happened was just sheer terror. People just were in terror. There was, and I am not dismissing that. I am not dismissing that because I speak to many people, uh, and they speak about the uh, they wanted to better themselves. They wanted to better themselves economically, do better for their families, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that's true. Um and that's kind of the way that they that they picture the second part of this migration, which is what I'm really talking about 35 to 50, 1935, 1950 And uh, even though obviously terror was still happening, uh, um, many people interpreted that move um, through a different, through a different uh, lens. They really were interested in economic betterment and education. And they saw things, they saw things in that way and they wanted that. They just really desired that for themselves. For, for their families, they desired that. Uh, but in the back of their minds, there's, there is a picture of, you know, there's a picture of somebody getting lynched. There's a picture of somebody getting castrated. There's a picture of somebody getting raped. And and quiet as it's kept, these, I'm not gonna bring that out as like, that's the reason why people migrated. But I am gonna say that that's an essential, that's one of the elements of that happening. And um, it's important for me because um, my father and mother were uh, an essential part of that migration. And uh, the people that I have that I grew up with and taught me how to be able to function in this world, they also were part of that migration. And and so um, after I read this book by um, Isabel Wilkerson, you read that book? I have not. You read that book?
3: Yeah. It's called? The Warmth of Other Suns. The
2: Warmth of Other Suns. The Warmth of Other Suns. And and to be very succinct, it, it, you open the book up, and it's it's about a what like, would you say like eight hundred page book? Yeah,
3: bigger but, than her last one, I think slightly.
2: Yeah, it's about it's about eight hundred page book, mm-hmm. and um, they trace the lives of these people. But it's just interesting because when you open up the very first pages of it, you see why I'm doing this, because these people. They were just interested in planting seeds in some place that they didn't know where they were going, but they just thought that the sun would enable these seeds to grow in a different way, in a different place. And that's what actually happened. And out of that, people like myself just were a part of, you know, a part of just. Growing with America, quote unquote, and it just—it's it, a—it's a, it's a very—it's uh, a very timely story, it's a very appropriate story, and when you think about what we're going through now in terms of the immigration and all these kinds of things, in, in other countries, Haiti, Venezuela, this is this is a this is a macro is this is a microcosm of the macrocosm, really. And it just so happens that um, with these masterful musicians, dancer, narrators, I have, I I have a way of interpreting this in, this story. And um, and roulette giving me what uh, they've given me the opportunity to do this is great. And I'm just an example of a person that's making a way out of no way. To you be f- honest, <laughs> yeah. You've yeah, got you
0: a, a very evocative photo in this flyer that I'm holding. Is that a personal uh, one from the personal collection, or is that a
2: that photo? That's not from a personal collection. That's well, you know, they, if you go in, no, it's not not in my family, hmm. not in my family. But um, these there are photos that are taken of the Great Migration, and part of what Jacob Lawrence, Jacob Lawrence's thing. That also inspired this piece because when Jacob Lawrence's um, work came to MoMA, yeah, I I swear I went like I I think I went three times. I couldn't take enough. I couldn't get enough of it. I I went like three times. I would have gone the fourth time if it had lasted. And there and there and and then when I thought about it when I thought about it, I went up there. There weren't that musician. There weren't that many musicians that I knew that actually went up there. But there were there were a few. There were a few. I gotta admit, there were a few. And 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 just um, this 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 piece speaks to this speaks it speaks to my a portion of my life, and um, and it's very important because I say it's uh, it's it changed the course of American history. Oh yeah, and so. Uh, uh, It's going to be about an hour and 20 minutes. Um, And it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, it's deep. It's deep. When you listen to some of the things that these people went through, these two individuals went through, it's kind of unbelievable. It's really unbelievable. You know, like, it really is. It really is. like being on your own at like 10 years old. It's unbelievable. It really. It's. 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 it's you know. And, and so that's what the migration is about. There's the New York premiere. I'm so happy to have this group of people, and I'm so happy that it's happening at Roulette. Much respect, Roulette. And um, I'm just looking for a diverse audience to come and see it. Come and see it, and just to just to uh, watch these musicians play in in situations where they kind of. They kind of would you say this, Ross? I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm throwing this at you. Many of the musicians that are playing in this piece, they're really not playing the way many people associate them to be playing.
3: I noticed that. Oh, no, go, go! Yeah, you did. Yeah, well, they're bringing out another side of themselves, you know, and that and that's good, you know. And multimedia presentations can really do that. That can make people. More inventive, not that they're not already inventive, but it, it could bring out like a heightened sense of inventiveness and stuff and um what you've been playing on the drums has been sounding good as usual wow. and, uh, yeah I that's appreciate what... that being a long time fan of yours going back to thirteen and hearing you here on this station <laughs> <laughs> All right, and you know I appreciate that and um and Mitch as well and stuff but but I uh, yeah it's a uh, Good multi uh, in a multidisciplinary piece with a sociological uh, focus as well, and um, I think you know.
2: Well, I just I, it's going to people are going to be people are going to be they're going to see a difference today. They're going to see a different side. They're going to see a different side, and and it's a side that to me is joyful. Well, it's you, a I, side that's strong. It's joyful. It's a side that it's a side that a lot of people they're like, whoa, really, you know. Yeah,
3: it's, it, it's, a, it's a really good piece. We've had a, a, a series of some very good rehearsals so far, and um, William is incorporating uh, some of the ideas of the other musicians as well. And um, but it's in a tradition of say like a Miles Davis where it, the drums are the directing focus, you you know, incorporating other voices to make one voice and stuff. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Well, if you have seen any of William's pieces like the Baldwin Suite, James Baldwin-inspired piece or the, any of the Oscar Michaud True. performances that you've done or any of, the, any of the other things you've done there but especially these programmatic ideas that you really get your arms around and um, present a, a big programmatic idea it's, it's a lot a lot to take in it's very very powerful music and performance and well, presentation
2: I just, I just want I just want to tell people this
3: yeah just it, was, it was interesting to hear because uh, some of the audio portions that William picked um actually touch on his own background with his family I think one of the narrators Mr. Lampkin was it Talked about arriving here with your father or something,
2: yeah. That's true, right? Yeah, that's how we arrived to New yeah.
3: Britain, Connecticut. So, you're getting some of the William Hooker story and the multidisciplinary project
0: Thursday, April 5th, Thursday, April 5th, 8 p.m. at Roulette, it's 509 Atlantic Avenue. You might associate Roulette's been around for a long, long time, but uh. Took over a fantastic space in yeah. Brooklyn a few years ago. Yeah, um, really great, great uh, room to present this music. A big stage, and all the seats are very close to the stage. You're right. You're it's right. Very, it's it, good. Good room for it. It, it really is. it yeah.
2: really is. So, and, and plus they have they have tickets there. They have eventbrite tickets as well. And, and but I just I just want people to come and just revel in in some joy with us.
1: Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm.
2: because it's not going to go out like, it's not going to go out like, you know, roots. It ain't going to go out like that. <laughs> well, the, uh, it ain't going out like that. It's the mi- migration,
0: I think. Uh, it ain't going out like that. At course, very... <laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> it's a very optimistic story, right? I mean, it's people yeah, going it for a new start. It is optimistic story. You didn't mention uh, the economic component of it, and opportunity, and there was, a, yeah. I think there was a push from the South, but also a pull from the North. I don't, I don't know you. You you're you're neck deep in the story, I'm not, but uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm I very have I really have been. I really yeah. have
2: been. And uh, and and I'm just I'm just saying that you know, it's it, it's it's a, it's a it's an excellent it's an excellent uh, vehicle. It's an excellent vehicle for this next for this work, the, and uh, I'm thankful for yeah. the people. The program's called Deep Focus. Yes, we are focusing.
0: WKCR. I'm Mitch Goldman. William Hooker here in the studio. We have been exploring the work of Sonny Murray. We have this great set. We have The Balance of If We Want to Play from Studio Rugby. We have this fantastic album, his uh, eponymous ESP disc release. Where to?
3: You want to do the first track on the ESP? That's we? what
2: I'm talking, see? Okay. See? You're a mind reader. You're a mind reader.
3: Deep focus. Deep <laughs> focus, man.
2: He's a mind reader. I'm saying.
3: I'm
0: saying. All right. So, uh, yes, this is uh, Sonny Murray from uh, the album Sonny Murray. Jacques Corsille on trumpet, alto saxophones from Jack Graham. Thank you, Ross Moshe, for filling in that long blank spot about who Jack Graham was. Wired Lancaster, much more familiar. Also, Thank you for out holding it down,
3: Mitch, as uh. long as you've been doing it, man. <laughs> now, this is
2: done 1966, you got to remember. Yes. And the Ribby piece was done 1975.
0: Yes. So. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Alan Silva on the bass, Sonny Murray on the drums on WKCR. That is part two. March 19th, 2018, a Monday evening, 6 to 9 p.m. here in New York City. Part three is in abeyance with your name on it. And while you're at it, you probably want to subscribe to the Deep Focus podcast. Are you going to be asked for money? You are not. Are you going to be subjected to to advertising of any kind you are not are you going to be asked for your email or any personal information you are not are you going to be notified when a new episode becomes available you will and on whatever terms you like this is for you this is this is for you someone's doing something for you and am I asking anything in return? Not really. It would be super nice if you let some folks know. Tell some people you know that like this kind of music. Or just as good. Give us a thumbs up, five stars, whatever you got. And that's going to make Deep Focus float up in the algorithm that some listener who loves this music and doesn't know about Deep Focus, you're going to wrap it up in a bow and hand it to them you'll never know. They will. They're going to love you for it. So that's a cool thing you could do for us, for you. Okay. See you over at part three, Steep Focus.